Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. Thanks for listening and I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Liam from Reach Interactive and during the show I chat to marketing experts on a range of topics that cover things like SEO, content, socials, growth and more. I'm really excited for this episode and I know that we have lots to chat about so I'm going to get started and introduce today's guest right away and we're going to be speaking with Lomit Patel from Imview. So hi Lomit, how are you? Doing great, how are you doing Liam? Yeah I'm really good thanks. Could you spend a minute introducing yourself to us, please? Absolutely. So, hi, everyone. My name's Lamit Patel. I am the uh, Vice President of Growth at a company called MView, which is the world's largest avatar-based social networking app. And um, as well as that, I've worked in startups for over 20 years, primarily focused all around user acquisition, retention, and, and monetization efforts. And I also recently uh, launched a book that became a bestseller called Lean AI. Awesome. Thanks for the intro. You mentioned your book there too. I know we'll probably reference it a few times more throughout the episode, but since we're going to be talking about AI and automation, could you summarize it in a few sentences for us just before we start? Yeah, so Lean AI is actually a part of the Eric Ries, the Lean Startup Series. And um, it's all about how companies can, in this day and age, can use their data as part of their superpower for growth to really help drive um, ways to to get better, faster, smarter, to acquire customers, retain customers, and, and most importantly, uh, figure out how to monetize those users. Yeah, sounds really interesting. If anyone would like to find out more information, then you can find the book on Amazon. Just search for Lean AI, How Innovative Startups Use Artificial Intelligence to Grow. So I'm sure you can guess this episode is going to be all about AI and automation. I think it comes at a really interesting time too because COVID-19 has had a big impact on digital transformation for companies of all sizes. And while some companies have seen a boost, there are lots of others that have been in survival mode too. But I think the common denominator is that everyone is trying to put themselves in a position to thrive when things improve and get better. And personally, I think that investing in technology is the correct way to go about this as it can lead to cost saving, increased efficiency and save times and things like that. So it can really set up businesses to be in a better position coming out on the other side. And one of those options is AI and automation, which we're going to be talking about in more detail on this episode. So let's get started and chat about AI and automation then. This is definitely a first for us on the show, so I'm excited to learn something new today. I think first of all, I'm sure that everyone has heard of the word AI, but if you asked a random business owner or marketer, what role it potentially played in their daily job, then they might struggle to give you a defined answer. So my first question really is, how would you define AI and how can it help us in business? That's a really good question, Liam. And, you know, I think part of the problem about why people have this like vivid view on AI being like robots taking the world is because movies and, and the media have done a great job to kind of portray it that way. But the reality is that there's lots of different ways that AI can actually help a business. One example, which is kind of the example that we used at the company that I work at, Enview, was to really identify what are those business use cases that we can use AI in that can really ultimately either help us as a business to drive growth faster, help us to get more efficient, with resources that we have and better leverage our time. Two areas where marketers can definitely use AI. One is around 
you know, because the biggest challenge for any company is once you have a product is, is, is how do you acquire as many customers as possible? And so you can use AI to really help you to identify who are the best customers that you should, that you should be going after. What is the right types of creative messages you want to be using to uh, stand out? So those users kind of notice your ads. And then once, once you get those uh, users to take actions and they come into your product, whether it's a mobile app or a website, you can use AI to help you personalize kind of the right user experience, whether it's during the registration and the onboarding experience to really get uh, these new users to get engaged as quickly as possible into your product. Because ultimately, um, you know, once you, once you can get users engaged, then you can uh, use AI to really identify, you know, what's the best ways for you to monetize those users. And an example for us, Enview, uh, you know, we're a social network. And so there's a couple of ways that we can uh, monetize customers. One is through customers that do in-app purchases in our app where they buy all this virtual stuff to customize the look and feel of their avatar, as well as create these virtual reality worlds where they can kind of interact with all these millions of virtual friends from all over the world. And so for us, we have to really identify pretty quickly. And this is where AI helps us. Like within the first 24 hours, based on actions and behaviors that a user does in our app, we're able to predict whether we're going to be able to get that user to actually spend money to buy MVU credits, to buy all this virtual stuff, or are we going to be able to monetize them through advertising? And through advertising, we also let people earn the ability to earn these MVU credits if they don't want to spend money to do it. And the way they earn these credits is through things like rewarded videos, filling out surveys. And so, you know, we try to try to influence taking them down one of two of those two types of user journeys. And based on customizing the right user journey so that not only do we get them engaged in the product, but we know once they start sort of um, spending time customizing their avatars and, and using these MVU credits, it's a good predictor that they're going to stick around for a long time. And that has an impact on what we call the lifetime value of the customer. Yeah, I really like how detailed that answer was. So thanks for sharing that as well as some of your onboarding process at MVU with us. And what stood out to me is that AI can really guide marketers and business owners when they're making decisions on where to invest time and resource. That also resonates with me because at Reach, we could have two accounts that sign up for our service. Both of them could look really promising, but then one could go on to become a very profitable high spend account and the other could do absolutely nothing. So using AI to determine which is most likely to be the account that spends would be really beneficial in the long run. Yeah, you know, I think what you said is kind of the key value proposition for any marketing team, which is that you can't treat everyone the same, right? But you want to figure out what kind of segments of users are you getting and try to bucket them into kind of the right experiences based on where they fall in terms of how how valuable they're going to be to your business. Going back to your original introduction on AI then, I did have a quick question. This might be something that you get asked a lot, I'm not sure. But what is the difference between AI and automation or can they be treated as the same thing? The reality is with AI, especially in this day and age, one thing that we all know as marketers is that the user attention spam is really small, right? So you have really you know, seconds to influence users to take certain behaviors and actions. And so, you know, that's where automation comes in because what AI does a great job of is it's able to take all of this data across the entire customer journey of what your users are doing and able to sort of process that and and try to develop 
potential predictions and outcomes based on, you know, what's the best personalized experience to give that customer. But once it comes up with those predictions, you know, if you don't automate the process from that point on to really be able to execute on that in real time, then you kind of lose that window of opportunity to really get AI to be as, as impactful as possible. And so, you know, in, in my experience, and, and, and I go into this in a little bit more detail in, in the book and talking to a lot of other marketers that have really leveraged AI successfully, that it, it really has to work in tandem with with automating the tasks and processes that the machine can influence. And so I can give you a quick example. You know, one of the things we try to do when somebody comes into our, our mobile app, we, we try to predict pretty quickly, as I mentioned earlier, you know, what's the ideal user journey that we should be giving that potential user that's going to get them to engage retain and, and, and monetize as, as quickly as possible. And based on where they end up falling in that first 24 hours, the experiences that they end up getting, it's kind of like a series of if they do this, it's, it's kind of like a flow chart if you want to sort of visualize it. It's like either taking step A, yes or no. And if they're not, how can you get them to take step A first? And, and once they do step A, how can you get them to take step B, step C, step D and in E. And so in our case, to put that into like, what is step A? So the first thing we want users to do is to redeem these free MVU credits we give them because generally we give all new users an optimal number of free credits to at least get them started on customizing their avatar. Trick is we don't give them enough to have the best looking avatar that they potentially could have. So at that point, we know that users are kind of thinking about, do I need a purchase? credits or can I actually earn these credits? So then so then we kind of, you know, take them and, and show them ways of how they could either purchase or or earn those credits. And from there we take them into our virtual store where we have over like 40, 50 million items that they can use to start creating these virtual versions of themselves or, 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 or these virtual worlds that they want. But then the other part of that is once they do that, we know it's also important for them to start making friends because it's a social network. So we start giving them recommendations of potential friends that they can connect with and potential chat rooms that they can, can go into to meet other new users. So all of these steps have to sort of happen in sequence. And, uh, you know, that's where AI, AI really comes in because the way we're able to influence that is not only within the product where, where we use like in-app notifications or different like user flow experiences, but we also use CRM as well uh, to support that through email messages to prompt them to take those next steps or push notifications when they're outside of the app, as well as retargeting ads as well that get triggered if they're not in the app to try and remind them to come back and, and, and kind of follow through those sequences. So there are lots of steps in that journey then. It's not just a case of being able to use AI to send one notification and then sit back and watch the results flow in. You also mentioned things like push notifications, remarketing emails, and a few other things too. Yeah, and where the benefit of automation really comes in is that ultimately we're running like tens and thousands of different experiments or A-B tests at all of those different points in the user journey because we don't really know if message A is going to work better than message B or C depending on who that person is. We always have you know, a control that continues to do well, but we're always uh, running experiments against the control to figure out, you know, based on how things change externally 
an example being COVID-19. You know, the messages that we were using pre-COVID-19 aren't going to work as well during what people were going through with COVID-19. And so the machine was able to test a whole series of different, like, messages on the creative side to figure out what's the right way to try and connect with these users and engage them and get them to take those series of different steps. And so the automation really comes in because it's running all of these different experiments to just get better at really understanding how to ultimately give each user that comes in the best possible personalized experience based on the data that we have. So is it realistic then for small companies, whether that be local businesses or an e-commerce store or something like that, to be able to implement AI and monitor it successfully? I get this a lot, which is like, you know, do you, does a company have to be of a certain size for them to really leverage AI and, and kind of get the true benefits from that? And, and the answer is not really. What people don't realize is that even today, you know, if, if you're spending money on a lot of these digital partners or channels like Google and Facebook and a whole bunch of other like ad networks that are out there, then a lot of them already have some form of AI that's already built in, generally known as machine learning, which is that if you send them certain data events, then they'll be able to help you build some better audiences that kind of have lookalikes based on who your best customers could potentially be, as well as give you the ability to, to spend your budget on their platform as efficiently as possible. And they do that using AI, as I mentioned today. And so a lot of companies are already doing this. You know, I think for smaller companies, you, that could be sufficient. But in order to really activate that, it all starts with getting your data integrated into one place so you have good, clean data. That, so you can use that data to really provide the right events back to these different partners. And so then they have a clear idea in terms of what you define as success. You know, for example, a small e-commerce retailer that's selling product may define success as somebody making a purchase. Somebody who may be running a local restaurant may define success as somebody who registers for their loyalty program. I mean, whatever it is, you know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the basic AI is already built into a lot of these systems. And the other side of that is in terms of if your company is bigger, uh, you know, similar to like for us, you know, we spend millions in, in advertising, then it's a whole different sort of ball game, right? And and so when you spend in at a much larger scale, let's say o- over a hundred thousand pounds a month, then ideally you want to try to sort of get an AI system that's a little bit more customized to your business to get the best efficiencies out of AI versus just depending on a lot of what the AI that these partners offer. Because for the most part, all of these partners, AI machines are self-serving to help benefit their business. Because ultimately, they're looking at your performance in silo based on how it's doing in their ad network. But they have no concept on how they compare to all these other partners where you might be spending your money. And so if you are spending a lot of money then you probably are orchestrating a lot more complicated campaigns because you're running across different partners. And then, and then the complication on that is, you know, if you're running in different countries, that just magnifies the level of effort that goes into like managing those campaigns. And then if you're running experiments of like five to 10,000 different uh, wearables around bids, budgets, creatives, and um, personalization on, on the product experiences, again, that's another magnitude layer of complication. So for that, you definitely want to try to think about either building or buying 
an AI intelligent machine that's a little bit more customized to your needs that sits between you and all of these other partners that you may work with across the entire customer journey. So it does sound like a lot of small businesses are already using some form of automation and AI already then, without potentially even knowing. The next question is, let's say that someone is listening and is thinking, okay, I need to really start considering investing in AI, and now's the right time, then how can they get started? The starting point is first, make sure that you've got all your data integrated in one place. And if you're generally spending most of your budget on Google and Facebook, then just tap into their AI capabilities. But once you start spending a lot more money, let's say over £100,000 a month, then there's one or two options where you can go. But the reality is that you don't have to build this sophisticated AI intelligent machine on your own. Because a lot of uh, what you want to try to do is identify platforms out there that can potentially help you to execute on creating, potentially have an AI machine that you can potentially leverage to help you solve for your different use cases, whether it's to acquire customers, to retain customers and monetize customers. And what we ended up doing at MView was ultimately, you know, the big challenge is when you try to build these sophisticated machines, it takes a lot of work. It, it can become a distraction pivoting your resources into this. But more importantly, building it is one thing, but maintaining it is a lot of work too. And so in the end, we ended up working with a startup partner here in San Francisco that kind of had the the bones of what we were looking for, but they didn't really have the data. So we were able to leverage their platform and, and get them to really customize it to really fit our business needs by providing them the data. And I had a lot of relationships with all of these different partners where we spend all of our marketing budget, we're able to get them access into all of these API integrations ahead of them becoming publicly available for the most part, so that we're able to automate a lot of the tasks and processes as well. And, you know, if anybody's interested in, in checking that out, the name of that company uh, that we use at MView, it's called Nectar9, N-E-C-T-A-R-9.com. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that company with us. Close out this main section, I think the final question would be, how could AI help with things like scaling up in size, whether that's increasing ad spend or testing new channels? Yeah, so the, be you know, the best way to, to use AI is to first remember that the blood flow to really amplify any of your AI efforts starts with data. So you, at a starting point, you want to make sure that you have good customer data that you're able to aggregate that data and put it into one place, generally known as a customer data platform. Once you have your data on a customer data platform, then you can pretty much pass that data back to any of these different AI systems that you might be working with, whether it's with Google, Facebook, or if you want to leverage a SaaS platform that has an AI intelligent machine that sits between you and all of, all of these different partners. Because one of the big benefits of, of using AI is that if you, if you can instrument it and set it up well right from the start, then it gives you the ability to scale up growth significantly faster in your business without being overly dependent on hiring more people to help you execute on those campaigns. Because once you have the data and you've got the automation built in through these different platforms, then, you know, as you continue to spend more money and, and, and become bigger and more successful, you don't run into one of the biggest challenges that a lot of companies run into is needing to hire more people to help them execute on, on, these, on these different marketing campaigns. 
with AI and automation in place, you know, that doesn't end up becoming a roadblock to you to really becoming a successful business. And ultimately, you know, that's the whole philosophy of the, of the lean management, which is about trying to run your business as lean as possible so that you're able to leverage more around technology to do a lot of the heavy lifting work around execution versus trying to hire more people to do that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You've definitely given business owners of all sizes something to think about in terms of leveraging AI to improve the customer journey, revenue, and also scaling up when possible. What I would end by saying is that ultimately all businesses are going to start implementing AI in some way, shape, or fashion in the next couple of years. The question is whether you, you want to start doing that now before your competitors do that and, and they end up kind of getting the competitive advantage over you in, in growing faster before you. That's a good point to close out this main section with. Like normal, we'll be finishing the episode with a couple of fun questions to finish off. So firstly, do you have a fun or memorable story from the start of your career that you'd be able to share with us? So Liam, one thing I do remember that that I like to share with the listeners is, you know, when I moved over to the States from from the UK, things were definitely different here. One of the things that was really different was once I graduated from business school, and I was looking for my first job. I was kind of doing it the typical way where you send out a lot of your CVs and you kind of you know, wait for people to kind of get back to you and you try to do all these interviews. Unfortunately, what I came to realize in the States is that you have to end up becoming the squeaky wheel for people to take notice of you. And, and, and you just have to take risks and, and, and pivot based on different situations. And so for me, you know, I ended up actually becoming homeless because when I graduated, I wasn't able to find a job in in the city where I was at the time, St. Louis. And I had a friend um, in Chicago, which was kind of the next big city. It was about four, four and a half hours away. So I just ended up like moving to Chicago with no job. And I was just, you know, I had pretty much had no money at that stage. And I had a couple of months left on this on this student visa to get sponsored by a company. And so what I ended up doing once I got to Chicago, I ended up taking this whole different approach. Instead of just applying for jobs because that wasn't really getting me anywhere, I just ended up taking this temp job at this tech company that I really wanted to work at that had all these openings, but I was never able to get any responses back. So I, I, I got a front desk temp job there. And within a month, it, you know, it gave me the ability to get to know all of the different key players in the company because as you know, you know, everybody has to come through the front desk to, to get into the office. And uh, from there, you know, there was a job that, that I was interested in that I ended up reaching out to the hiring manager. He met up with me and long story short, I ended up getting that job just in time before uh, my visa was going to run out. But the long story to shorten that is that you just have to get out of your comfort zone and just try a lot of different things to really figure out, you know, what's the, what's the best way for you to get to the outcome or the objective that, that you want to get to in life. Or, and, and the same happens in business as it does in, in life. I think we've had a lot of funny stories and mistakes come from the answer lately, but I don't think we've had any quite as inspirational as that one. So you definitely take home that award limit. And we are pressed for time, but for the final question, do you have any marketing resources that you could share with us that might be valuable to people listening? You know, anybody that's interested in sort of seeing, you know, the different things that I'm reading about, just connect with me on LinkedIn because you'll be able to find all of the content that I find that is really relevant for other marketers to know about. 
I usually share a couple of different stories every day on my LinkedIn profile. Sounds good. Yeah, if anyone wants to connect with Lomit on LinkedIn, just search for Lomit Patel. I'm sure you'll be able to find him. He'll also be tagged in the episode on my feed as well. And thanks for being an awesome guest and sharing a new topic with us. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Not a problem. So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll be back next week with more.